Bokatov. Um, today's daf is Samech Vav 66, oh, 22nd day of the Omer, is that right? 23rd day of the Omer, alright. Just to check who's counting. Alright, anyway, we pick up on Samech Hamad Bet, and we are dealing with a central question. We're a little behind, so we've got to focus today. We're dealing with a central, central question about Kiddushin, the need for witnesses not only to prove that it occurred, but without the witnesses, the Kiddushin did not take place. You need the witnesses, they're constitutive of the Kiddushin, okay? And we're trying to prove it one way or the other. Um, that was the question raised. Would it work if there was only one witness and both parties agreed? So you technically don't have two witnesses, but presumably you know that it happened. And that's the question. And we're trying to prove it from the different claims about he says, like, we got married and she says we didn't. Well, where were the witnesses? So we have to insert into those claims that he's claiming they were married with witnesses and the witnesses aren't present. Or debated Beit and Beit Shammai about a husband and wife that, you know, ex-wife, um, ex-husband, ex-wife, wife that, that are in an inn, um, do we say being in the inn assumes that they've had sex and that they're married? Where are the witnesses? So that was an easy one. There are witnesses that see that they went into the inn together. And the question is, does witnesses of going into seclusion co- constitute witnesses of the actual act of sex? Okay, but again, that is the assertion and that, that we need witnesses. Without witnesses, the Kiddushin did not take place. So we pick up on Samachem Bet with the following. Um, uh, about five lines from the top, Last two words of the line. Amarav Yitzchak Bar Shmuel Bar Marta Mishmed Rav. So in the name of Rav, If somebody does kiddushin with only one witnesses, there is no concern, no kiddushin took place, nothing happened here. Even if both parties, husband and wife, agree, it doesn't matter. Without two witnesses, nothing happened. So now Rav Baravuna said, if somebody marries a woman with only one witness present, the big based in Amri say no concern. No kiddushin happened, so that's clearly becoming the anonymous, the, uh, the the dominant voice in the Gemara. Man beidina rabba, who is the big basin, rav. So the authority, one one you know, sort of one generation earlier, rav. The ikadami some say amar rabba baravuna amar rav. That no, this was said. This original statement was in the name of Rav. So Rav says that the big basin says it's no concern. Man beidina Rabba, who's the big basin? Rebbe. Okay, so see the Rav or Rebbe. Obviously, now we're having a very dominant voice that it is not a problem at and all. You say it's a problem with Rabbanan either. Correct. Correct. That's a good point. Not because then you know ugh, when do you add a Rabbanan? It's not like being Rabbanan and not doing something on Shabbos. You know what I mean? It has uh, all these huge consequences on the woman needs to get all that thing so it's like either or okay um, okay uh, okay here's another case to challenge it two people come from from Medina Sayyam the with a woman you know it's already just sad that it doesn't say three people come from Medina Sayyam two people come with a woman okay and with a bundle okay we're like a Right, with, with luggage. Like a woman and a bundle. With a woman and luggage. Yeah. What, the guy number one says, Zoishti, Zoavdi, Zochavilati. This is my wife, this is my slave, this is my luggage. Zomer, no, Zoishti, Zoavdi, Zochavilati. No, this is my wife, that's my slave, you're my slave, and that's my bundle. The Yishomer, and the woman says, Eushne, I'm a die, both of you are my slaves. The Chavila Shali, and it's my luggage. <laughs> what a great scenario. Okay, so the Allah is, three she needs a get from each one of them. 
Shita. And she can collect her Ksuva because from the bund- from the luggage, like whatever value has the luggage. Because according to her, the luggage is hers. According to each of them, if they give her a get, she was their wife, so they have to pay her Ksuva. So Mimanushach, she's entitled to at least a Ksuva out of the luggage. Okay, the value of the Ksuva out of the luggage. Now, Hechidami. Now, what's the case? Because the question is, why does she need a get? Just because one of them claims that she's his wife, right? We learned before. He says she's his wife. She says, no, you're not, right? She doesn't need a get, right? He's just bound by it. So that's going to be like one question. Why does she even need a get? But what we're also going to ask is, where are the witnesses in any of this? Okay, Hechidami, what's the case? How can a woman be a witness here? She's not. Nobody's a witness. No, I don't mean to the marriage. I mean that they're, they're accepting her as uh, her... Uh, Claim? It's not a witness. It's just like it's just like it's just like if you have litigants in a court. I say that car is mine. You say it's yours. We have to go to court to fight it out. But it will be uh, should be respected as a litigant. Yes, she can't be a witness, but she can be a litigant. Okay. So um, okay. So the Gemara says, Hey, dummy, what's the case? So if each guy's got a witness, got witnesses that 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 uh, this woman is their wife. Okay, because again, how, how could there be a marriage without witnesses? So, Mimati Amra, Shali. How can she have any claim that she's not their wife? Now, you could have said if there's two and two, they neutralize each other, but maybe the Gemara would be saying, well, you know, but at least that would establish, you know, the, the presumption that she's one of their wives. Anyway, how would her claim be believed in the presence of witnesses claiming there was Kiddushin? Okay? Ella loved Eidechad. It must be one witness. Now, again, that doesn't really explain it, right? Because what the witnesses are sort of neutralizing one another. So, anyway, let's see what the Gemara says. Uh, but the reason of uh, the Tisfara, does any of this make sense? Which is exactly what the Gemara says. Even if it's one witness, if the witnesses are going up against each other, they neutralize one another, and we're back to square one. So none of this makes any sense. Like, why would she require a get? It's only their claim, and their claim that this is my wife doesn't make that mean that she needs a get. Okay? So the Gemara says, you're right. There's no objective basis to require for a get. Because if there would be, it would be one witness against one or two against two or whatever. Anyway, so clearly, there's no objective basis. Okay, so, so she does not objectively require a get. It's just a he said, she said type of a thing. And we'd have to say, like we said before, that they're claiming, yeah, I married her five years ago and there were witnesses. Who, remember, who knows where those witnesses are, right? Does anybody, do people, everybody here remember who their Ada Kiddushin was? So, you know, okay, you're yeah. this, you do, good for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway, so they're, they're saying there were witnesses at the time. There are no witnesses now. It's all a he said, she said type of a thing. So fine, that's all fine. But then who, why does she need a get? No, she, what it's saying is that she doesn't need a get, but that nobody would be entitled to, this, to the luggage, right? It all comes down to the luggage. Exactly. Nobody would be entitled to the luggage because it's all, everybody claims it's their luggage. And the only way somebody would be entitled to the luggage would be if they decided to give her a get. Why they would decide to give her a get, who knows? Since Allah, she doesn't require it. And it's, you know, why do they need to give her a get? But somehow, if they decided to give her a get, then she would be entitled to, co- to, to collect her super from the luggage. All right, so then what's the Kiddush? If it's not demanding anything, there's no Kiddush about this. 
So it says, Rebbe Meir, the Chiddush is that it's called Gudi Rebbe Meir. That's the Chiddush is that you can collect your Ksuva from luggage. That it doesn't have to be land, it can even be cattle. All right. So anyway, again, that was a case where the, even if you demanded witnesses, they're not present. If they were present, and that sounds like the case. The case does not sound like there are witnesses present that would have complicated the whole scenario. Okay? Now, yes. So um, in many other of the cases, let's say, you lose, there are the letter half Khalifa, like, what do you lose? But over here, like, we seem more reluctant to require Gitin. Yes, because, because well, no, I mean, the, the cases we require Khalifa are not, are cases where, yeah, I mean, it's like I said before, I don't want to start to start not doing the whole comparison, you know, but the basic point is, is that if he basically doesn't require a get to say that he requires, if, it's like if you know you could secure a get, then maybe it would be not a big deal, though it would still be a big deal. He'd be also Bekrovav, she'd be also Rita Kohen, there'd be a lot of big consequences, okay? But the other point is, is that you don't want to say a woman needs a get because then what, it, because then she, it creates enormous, as we know in the contemporary Aguna reality, okay? So you're absolutely correct. We are very, very reluctant if there's no need for a get. And I say, oh, well, just give her a get anyway. All right, so now the Gemara says like this. Although it's not like we didn't have that, but we're extremely reluctant because it's, it, it's extremely uh, onerous on the woman. All right, so the Gemara says like this. Okay, now, what's, what's, what's the upshot about this? My Havayola. What was, you know, what was the upshot of all this discussion? So far, like, there's a lot of Amorayim insisting that you need to aid him, but it's very, very hard. Even if there's not evidence against it in the Tanaitic material, because, you know, it's very hard to find any evidence for it in the Tanaitic material. So, like, <laughs> what's the conclusion? So, Rav Kahama Amar ain't Choshim Likidushav. No problem. You don't even have to worry that there's a Kiddushin. Rav Papa Amar Choshim Likidushav. Rav Papa says, no, no, no. I'm still a little bit concerned. You know, does that mean to write? So maybe it's good. Maybe do it like Michael saying to Rabbanan. I'm not willing to say it's not a problem at all. I'm like Ravashi Rav Kahana. So, Ravashi says to Rav Kahana, who said that it's not a problem at all, Madaitoch, where, your, what's your opinion? Where do you get your, opinion, your, your, your position from that it's not a Kiddushin at all? Um, so you must have gotten it from Madaitach, the Alphys Mama. You learned out Exeva Shava. Because it says, Alpishnaimedim Yakum Davar, and it says, Kimatsaba Ervat Davar. So there's a word Davar by Davar Shaba Erva, with the phrase Davar Shaba Erva, things relating to personal status, marriage, and so on. And there's a word of two that you need two, four witnesses in a normal case of a court, which is a case of a monetary issue. You need two witnesses in a court. Okay, Dover Dover Me Mama. The other Dover Dover Me Mama. One minute. Email along where it says, Apishai Medin Yakum Davar, Hodaz Baldin Kme Aiden Dami. So there we say that if I can admit that I owe Michael a thousand dollars, then that's like there's witnesses and I owe him a thousand dollars. So even when you need witnesses in court, the witnesses for monetary matters are not without witnesses. Like if I borrow a thousand dollars from Michael and there were no witnesses, it's not like the debt doesn't exist. Right? The purpose of witnesses is only to prove it and therefore if I admit it it's considered to be that it actually that's accepted and therefore I owe him the money so if that's true by money and we only learn out the need of witnesses from Kiddushin from the witnesses by monetary matters let's say the same thing here okay fine Afkan, but at least for the function of witnesses if the parties agree let that be considered like good testimony meaning where do we get the idea and here's a key phrase which I haven't used so far but the phrase used in you know in the, in the sort of to, to describe the difference is, is whether they're considered a day bureau or a day kium are the witnesses just to clarify 
what took place, to prove what took place, or is the purpose of witnesses, right, you know, to establish something, to actually con- create the reality. Without the witnesses, the thing didn't happen. Okay? So what he's saying is by monetary matters, you owe the money whether or not there were witnesses. All the function of the witnesses are is to prove it in court. And if you have other ways of proving it, or if the guy admits it, then he still has to pay. So if you're learning, here it says, and here it says, davar. how do you all of a sudden say that in the case of, of Kiddushin and personal status issues, let him remember by Gittin as well, right? although that might have been that the, that, uh, the, the physical get is not considered a get without witnesses, okay? but there as well, the whole idea was, it doesn't take place without witnesses. Well, how do you learn that out if the basis is monetary matters and there it's just to prove it? So let's see what his answer is. Okay, and so let's, you know, here say the same thing. Say if you admitted it works. So the answer was, um, No, there's a difference. When I admit that I owe Michael $100, I'm only hurting myself with that admission. Okay? When the husband and wife admit that they are married, they're hurting another person. Who are they hurting? Well, most immediately, they're hurting each other because you don't have them as a unit admitting something. When I'm, if I'm the man and I say, yes, I'm, um, she's married to me, so what I, if we were to accept that testimony, not just vis-a-vis me, but vis-a-vis her, she would be restricted to other men. She would be not able to marry my relatives. When she, when, when she's saying it, okay, then she is not only affecting hurting herself by that admission, but she's hurting me because I'm now not la- able to marry her, her relatives. I mean, maybe if we were a unit, we would be believed, but even there, you know, we're, 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 we're hurting other people because other men now are not allowed to marry her and it would be considered an act of adultery with other men to have sex with her. So therefore, by money, my own admission works because I'm the only one that's hurt. But here, personal status issues right, are not just about restricting yourself. They affect society as a way of saying it, right? They have a real bigger societal implication and we cannot go by just your own say-so. We need something objective. Now, but wait a minute. All that says is is that we can't accept your own admission. It does not prove that you need witnesses to make it happen. You understand? It could still be that they're still married we just don't accept that as a standard of proof right and let's say there was a video right maybe we'd accept something else as a standard of proof so there still is a jump to saying it's one thing to say we don't accept your own admission we need something objective it's another thing to say that it's not only proving it but it's actually making it happen and this this is a big thing that bothers the Yachronim which is the Gemara never really closed that gap we start from money where it's just to prove that it happened and then we wind up saying oh but by Kiddushin and Gittin without witnesses I mean by money it's just to prove it and then we say by Kiddushin without witnesses it didn't even happen so again it's one thing to say you might need a certain higher objective standard of proof because it affects society but that doesn't mean that it didn't happen without the witnesses and I should by the way say and that there's a debate in the Akron and how you even conceptualize what the meaning of the sort of a why you need witnesses to make it happen by Kiddushin and Gittin so some say that it still fundamentally is doing the same thing as prove it as as a day beer as proving it in court but the point is like this because this affects other people in society and the broader society if it can't be proven then as a society we cannot acknowledge that it happened but fundamentally the witnesses are there to establish that it actually happened but without that proof it didn't happen okay another approach says no 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 I mean 
mean, there's other way. I'll give you one version of the other approach. It's not about proving it, and or it's not only about. It's not about proving it. Not only about proving it. It's about because this is such a weighty act, right? If we're here about to marry each other off, right? You know, all of a sudden, just you know, the two of us. It's like sort of like you need a justice of the peace, right? To get married, you can't just agree it. So people think, oh, you need a masada, but you don't need a masada. Confusion happens just between two two individuals without some rabbi. So what do you need to formalize it? It is such a weighty act that it cannot be formalized without the presence of witnesses. And that gives it the weight necessary to make it happen. So here is a test case between the two, and this gets debated in the Akronim. Let's say there were witnesses, but the witnesses were not known to the group bride and the groom. They were hiding in the bushes. And he said, So if all you need to do is prove that it happened, okay, you can prove that it happened. You have witnesses. But if it's needed to formalize the act, then maybe they groom and bride and groom have to be aware that they're present and that they have to be, you know, brought into the act and made part of the act. So a little oversimplified that not communicate because there's ways of sort of of saying it's not, you know, it wouldn't exactly fall out there, but it gives you a sense of two different ways of thinking about it. Do they become part of the act and part of formalizing, giving weight to the act? Or is it just we as society can't acknowledge it because it's so weighty, it's chav lachrini, it impacts society that without the ability to prove it, it didn't happen. Yeah, so that does raise interesting questions. What could, could there be something that's an alternative? Sometimes we say a non sadi. Men and women are living together as husband and wife. We might say, oh, well, that's like Kidushe Bia because a non sadi, it's clear to everybody what's happening, right? So maybe, you know, that raises interesting questions. Can something become now equivalent to Adim if it's not about a formal presence of Adim, if it's more fundamentally that if we, you need to prove it, okay? Like we had before, right? Yes, yeah, I understand. So that is the big debate. In the end of the day, without the witnesses it didn't happen but are they doing something different giving weight to the act affecting people's doubt seriousness etc or as we saying it's without the ability to prove it fundamentally they're there to prove it but without the ability to prove it it didn't happen yes oh, no, it's, really, it's really fascinating I mean, the society is inserting itself into the otherwise private decision of this couple because it's not a private decision right. you know you want to have sex that's a private decision you want to be recognized as a married couple in society can you reference like where the where the major Akron yeah I mean there's a there's there, there's a there, well I mean there, there's a there's a large large there's a classic sos on it um, which I would have to write in my head it says Kuftzari Chet well sos is in Choshen Mishpat I know you'd expect this to be in Evan Ezer but um, anyway I could send you the sources the sos is like one of the primary places where he discusses the different opinions about this uh, there's a Shuvah there's a Shuvah Sarashba there's a Machlokas we've shown him about the case of Adam hiding in the bushes and that might be part of the issue okay oh, uh, maybe so it starts from the Mammon yeah, yeah he does um, okay another interesting question though is um, you would think that the upshot of the Gemara sounds to be like it's Vare not a problem at all Makadish Beit Echad the Ramah in Evan Ezer says a little bit we, if it was Eid Echad and Shnei Modim, since the Gemara didn't 100% reject that position then we for it. If there's any concern of Aguna or anything like that, we're not. But, and this comes up in posting, that sometimes they try, you know, to pass a kiddushin, right? You know, uh, 
kids in a high school and he said and there was one witness and not two witnesses like we're Moshe Shuvas. do we still paskin at any degree Choshishim Lekidushin or not okay the basic answer is L'Chatchila we try we, we are a little bit but if it's a real problem we're not okay but it's interesting that the Gemara does not come out to an absolute conclusion there that's Eidechad and Shnehem Modim okay so now the Gemara says like this um okay uh now um now, uh, okay. So these two rabbis, these two rabbis are, uh, who are the children of Rav Mari, Bar Isur, they're, they're, uh, they divided their property. Either they were in partnership and they divided it, or their father died and they divided it. But there were no witnesses present. And we're going to see, they want to know, is there an idea of Eidekium by monetary matters as well? Okay, so, Asulukhamidravashi, Amulay, they came to Ravashi, they said to him, it says two witnesses, and that's directly by monetary matters. What does that mean? Does that mean is the purpose of witnesses just to prevent somebody from lying, from claiming it never happened, and then he can't back out because the witnesses prove that it happened? And we're not interested in backing out. We admit that it happened. Okay? So is the whole purpose of witness basically to prove it and to stop somebody from, from you know, from, from lying or backing out? Maybe even by monetary matters. If there are no witnesses, it didn't happen. So do we have to do it again? Okay? So we did it, but we did it without witnesses. Was our division of assets binding, right? Let's say people went ahead and they, you know, they signed a contract or whatever it was to divide the assets and they didn't get it notarized. And they want to know. They didn't get it witnessed and notarized. So they wanted to know. Nobody's interested in backing out. We have to do it again and get it witnessed and notarized. How much is the presence of witnesses aid a kiyum even by monetary matters? Okay? Amar Baye, um, Amar Louis said to them, Lo Ivru Sahati Elulashakri. Witnesses were only sort of chosen, you know, chosen only for liars. The purpose of witnesses is to prevent people from lying. It is not needed for making the thing happen. So this becomes the phrase of the, the idea of Ede Birer is what makes Lo Ivrusadi, this is what gets quoted all the time in the halachic literature, you know, and in the whatever, and we start him in Achronim, you know, Elul Shakri. The whole purpose of witnesses is only to prevent liars. That's all other matters. That's what Ede Birer is. To prevent liars. Okay? Whereas Ede Kiyum, it doesn't matter if it, it doesn't matter if it hap- if, if, if everybody's telling the truth, it didn't happen without witnesses. Alright? So that's exactly, this little Gemara we're doing is, is exactly conceptually identifying two different roles of witnesses. Um, no, I understood it to be like um, to to be like chosen to be. Yeah, why? How does the English translate it? Oh, Hebrew. Oh, from 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 Bria. Oh, that's probably correct. Okay, fine. So, although it's funny, created. Anyway, all right. Uh, is that also what style? Well, nobody hears a shine belt. Okay, anyway, yeah. Um, but anyway, but this is the idea. This is only for. For beer, I also maybe I think was assuming because of the beer in Ivru, I was just assuming that way. Anyway, this is only to prove that it happened. If everybody's being honest, if we lived in a world where everybody was honest, you would not need Adim, okay? As opposed to Adekiyum, which actually makes it happen, okay? It's an interesting question, by the way, you know, about um, about capital crimes because by capital crimes also it's not enough to know what happened. You actually need formal witnesses. So do you see? Right? You know what I mean? You also need Hatra too. 
So do you want to make a certain type of a comparison, right? Like, what's the role of Hatra? Is the role of Hatra, I'm going to, this will be way too big of a digression, but I'll just say it in one sentence. Is the role of Hatra just to prove somebody really is, you know, willful and doing it amazed, right? Or is the role of Hatra to mean, though, the act only can be deserving, you know, you're only entitled to give corporal punishment if it's coming with, like, this act of rebellion as part of it. Like, you know, he's doing it despite the warning. And maybe the witnesses also, how much are they just there to prove it? Or they constitutive of defining the gravity of the act. So it's an interesting question because by monetary matters it's Eide Birur and Hodas Baldin works. Right? Hodas Baldin. If everybody admits and everybody's honest, it works. Okay, this is constitutive. Okay? Constitutive. Is that spelling it right? Anyway, constitutive. Whatever. Anyway, and Hodas Baldin Hodat Baldin does not work. Okay? So the question is, but, but, by, but by things like Malchus and Misa, right, where you need Adim and Hatra'ah, also Hodat Baldin does not work. So how do you understand that, right? You know, it seems similar to that. So it's an interesting thing to think about those parallels. All right? And whether Adim are just there to prove it, or are they somehow part of the gravity of the act. All right. Yes. Come into any of these Does what? Self-incrimination. Yeah. Well, when when people say Hodas Baldin doesn't work here, it's because like the Ramam speaks about self-incrimination, and people might you know have like trying to get you know have some uh, mental problem, and uh, that's why they're trying to you know they're committing to something they didn't do, and so on. Right. So there's obviously other reasons why Hodas Baldin might not work here. Okay. Let's go on. Amar Baye, Amar Lo Echad. So Baye says, if, if, if one witness says to somebody, "Nitmuuta um, Rotecha," your, uh, your, uh, you know, your, your, the things that were pure, your uh, grain or whatever, you know, all of a sudden it became tamay, and now you're a kohen, let's say, you can't eat it, it's truma or something of that sort, or whatever, it's, even if it's chulin, you can't eat it when you're trying to stay tahor. Tahor so shall take, and the other person is silent. He doesn't say, you're lying, he doesn't say, he, 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 he doesn't have any response. So Neman, the aid is believed. Now here's a big question of who's believed. Is it basically the aid echad is believed in absence of a contradiction, which is what the language sounds like, or is it that we read his silence as an admission. Okay, so the question would be, the nafkamina would be, and Tosos directly raises this, let's say he says, I don't know. He says, really? I didn't know that. Okay, so according to Tosos, if he says, I don't know, then his, the aid isn't believed. That basically the point of all of this is silence is admission. So if you say nothing, we think you're conce- admitting it. But if you say, I don't know, then you say, you don't know. So then we don't believe the aid echad. Okay? Or another case would be, let's say the aid echad says, you know, you're, when you were away yesterday, last week in Cincinnati, your taharos became tame. So his silence obviously wouldn't be an admission there. Because how is he supposed to know that? So Tozo says this only works in a context where the aide says you were there you knew about it and the guy's totally silent but if the guy says I don't know or we presume he doesn't know right then it's not going to believe so according to Tosos this is basically the belief, you're believing the guy's silence not the aide the other way of reading this Gemara is that you're believing the aide okay so let's keep on reading uh, oh did I skip a line I'm sorry I skipped a line I skipped, I skipped a line I'm sorry I skipped because we're going to have the, the next case I, I went to the next case I'm sorry we're, we're like five 
times before it gets it gets wide. Same point though. So One eight says you ate forbidden fat the show gig. Okay, the halal show take what? And the guy is silent. Sorry. Um, so halal show take neman. So he's believed, and you would bring a korban. The Tanatuna, we taught a similar Brita. So if you deny it, you're exempt from a Korban. The reason is he said, I didn't eat it. If he was silent, the aid would be believed, and you'd bring a Korban based on the testimony of the aid. So though before we said an aid doesn't work by Kiddushin, here we see that an aid does work to make you bring a Korban. Okay, this is what I jumped to. An aid says that your Torah grain became Tamei, Vala show take and he's silent. Nema, he's believed and you would not be able to eat the grain. Vatanatunuta similarly. One aid says they become Tame, another says they didn't, they contradicted. Patur or whatever. So they're, you know, uh, your Tahor is a better girsa. So the grain is considered Tahor. Taima the Amr Lo, the reason is because they're contradicting eight witnesses. Ha'ishtik. Um, I'm sorry, why did I say Eidechad Veidechad? I don't know what's going on with me. Um, let's try again. V'tana Tuna, three lines from the bottom. V'tana Tuna, we taught similar to Rabbi. Eidechad Ome Nitmu Nitmu. V'hala, and the owner says, Lo Nitmu, then Tahor. Okay, so the owner contradicts the aid, we don't accept the aid. Taima Amor, yeah, the other girl says Tahor is probably better. Taima Amor Lo, the reason is because the owner contradicted the aid. Ha'ishtik, if the owner was silent, Mehemin. Okay, the aid would be believed. The Amar Baye, so you see, an Eidechad is believed as long as the owner doesn't contradict. Does not Tatar mean Tatar from a Korban? No, yeah, but it's, 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 no, Korban is not obvious in that case. The Amar Baye, Nirva, one Eid says, your ox was used in an act of bestiality, um, and, there, um, and therefore he cannot be brought as a Korban. Okay, without two witnesses, you won't stone the ox, but he can't be brought as a Korban. The Hala Shotek, and the guy is silent. Neman, he's believed. The Tanatuna, we thought like this, what type of animals cannot be used as a korban? An animal that was used in, a, in sin, for shehemit, or that killed a person, based purely on the testimony of one witness, or the owner's admission. Because if it was a testimony of two witnesses, you would stone the ox. So the so Abai said, so, so then the owners would be believed, and the ox would be not be able to be used as a korban. So, so the Gemara says, What's the case that one witness, you know, that affects the status of this ox? If the owners are saying, you're right, they're admitting to what the witness said, that's the second case, the owners admit it. It must be that he's silent, okay, and nevertheless, that's acceptable. But And we have to tell me all three cases that we believe the Eid Echad in the absence of the contradiction of the owner. If it just said the first case of, um, of bringing a korban, we would say, now here's where Tosus's point comes out, that we're not really believing the aid as much as we're interpreting the silence as an admission, by the way the Gemara does the Tzrichasa. So the silence by the Korban case is obviously an admission, because we would say the following, the Elav Kimle, Elav the Kimle B'nafshei, the Avad, or the Achal, if he did not really know that he had eaten, he would not be silent, because the consequence of his silence it's going to be he's going to have to bring a korban, and nobody's going to bring a korban that might not be a legitimate korban. That would be chulin be'azara. 
So clearly his silence is an admission because he understands that the consequence of his silence is that he's going to have to bring a korban and he would never bring a korban if he wasn't, wasn't sure he was obligated because that would be chulin bazara. So there we'll read his silence as an admission. If a guy says your stuff became tamay, so maybe his silence is an admission. You know why he's silent? Alright, big deal. I don't know if they became tame or not. or It doesn't sound a big deal. You know, no, no skin off my nose. I'll just eat it when I'm tame. It's no big loss. So even though he's silent, it's not necessarily because he's admitting. It's because it's like, it doesn't bother him so much. Okay? If you told me that case, that's because, okay, silence is an admission because it does, he does lose something out. He can't eat it when he's taller. Okay? And therefore, if he's being silent, it must be because he is admitting. Otherwise, he wouldn't accept that consequence. Although, show in Yerva, but your ox was used in bestiality. So, Memer Amar, calls from Lava Gabimi's Bechheim. He says, What the heck do I care? I wasn't going to bring him as a Corbin anyway. Maybe he had a move, you know, who knows what. So, maybe it's, it's no loss to him. So, his, he's just silent because he doesn't care. Maybe it's not an admission. You have to tell me all three cases. So, again, because of this Srichusa, Tosa says that the case is, is that it's not really that we're believing the aid, it's really we're interpreting his silence as an admission. And there's a big nafkamina. The nafkamina is, is that if he says, I don't know, according to this, you would not have these consequences, right? Because it's only because he's silent that we start to see, it's like you're saying, you're right. But if he said, I don't know, fundamentally we do not believe the aid. And again, the other nafkamina is that the aid says, it happened, but you weren't around to see it. There also, we would not interpret silence as admission. So the other important question, though, is that why do you need his silence? Whatever happened to Eidechad Neman Bi'isurin, right? If I normally go and I tell you, you know, this uh, piece of meat here is trace, yours, you believe me. One witness is believed by matters of status of foods and, you know, and Isurin. So even though the issue of Korban is different, that's an obligation of a Korban, you know, and who knows about the something status for the Mizbeah, but at least the middle case, that's the, the grain is Tameh, that should be Eidechad Neman Bi'isurin. Why doesn't that not normally apply? And this is the question Tosus asks, um, and, you know, Tosus tries to navigate this, but I just want to point out that there's a big difference about all these cases in Eidech and Neman Bisurin, which Tosus does not say, which is here, there's a monetary consequence that I'm coming to cause a loss to you. I mean, if I tell you, don't buy that food that's being sold at the butcher, you know, it's, it's, it's trafe or whatever it is, you know, that's one thing, although I, I'm actually causing a loss of business to the butcher. But, if I go and I say, your food is trafe, it's not, is it isser or is it like mumminess? You're basically telling me I have to throw out my food. Do I believe you that I got to throw out my food? Right? And how do you know? How are you in a position? Well, I saw it. Okay, but it's, you know, but Anyway, so that raises an interesting question. All of these are cases where you're telling somebody something about their property. So do you look at it as a simple like Eidach and then Bisurin, you know, and, Tos- and the Gemara says, no, there needs to be a silence, there needs to be a type of an admission and so on. Tosus brings in other factors as well. Was the person in a position to do something about it? Like if you gave them an animal to Shecht and then they said it's trace, obviously they might be more believed because they could have made it, Shechted it properly or not properly. So a lot of other potential factors here in when somebody has believed on these issues. Is it, is it true that generally the language is concerned with Shika? are about monetary mammon issues like that language is Shika Kilda no you have Shika all over okay. yeah no it's not yeah second thing is if I'm high of a Corbin do I I don't have to be mocked that animal you do 
So then, so then, why would it necessarily be a case of? Because if you're makdish, because if you're makdish a chatas and you're not obligated in a chatas, it's not kadosh. That's a chiyuv. You cannot, you cannot have a bring a chatas without being obligated. So it would be chul bazar. It's a good question. You would still makdish it, but it wouldn't basically work because you're not chayiv in a chatas. Okay, yeah. All right. So now the gemara says like this. Ibailu. They raise the following question. A man says your wife committed adultery and he is silent. Okay, what's the story there? Now again, if a man just said on his own, my wife committed adultery, right? So remember, this gets back to like the case in the Mishnah. The he said, she said, you're impacting other people, you're only believed to yourself, you're not believed objectively. So if the guy said my wife committed adultery, the wife, you know, that doesn't, you know, he's not believed vis-a-vis the wife. But what we do say is, oh, but now you're bound by your own statement. So based on your statement that she committed adultery, you're not allowed to continue living with her. You have to divorce her. Okay? But, because we have no objective proof, you have to give her a Now you might say, okay, so that hurts the wife. Right? So how are we believing him if the consequence is that it's like it hurts the wife? But the answer is, he was always entitled, right, in this system, he was always entitled to unilaterally divorce his wife. So if he wanted to divorce his wife, he could have just gotten up and done, done it. So this is just essentially that's what he's doing by saying my wife committed adultery he's saying I'm, I'm going to unilaterally divorce my wife okay but it doesn't hurt her it doesn't whatever it's not worse than anything else he could have done unilaterally because he has to pay the ksufa so that would be if he said my wife committed adultery now and if an Eid Echad says it again an Eid Echad is not believed in issues of personal status and arayot and anything like that if to, in order to actually objectively believe it happened you would need two witnesses so here it's basically the point though vis-a-vis him the Eid Echad says your wife committed adultery and he's silent. What do we say? Okay, what's the... Do we say that that's an admission and now he has to divorce his wife with a ksuva? Correct. This is a personal status issue. Personal status is yet something... Correct. Personal status is Eid Echad is not believed. Okay? So, um... Okay. So, um... Ishtos in sub Eid Echad v'shotek and he's silent. Mahu. Amar by Neman. He's believed. And the guy would have to divorce his wife, essentially. He's not the Veliv. A matter of erva, which is like sex, but also personal status, it's related issues, like we said before, requires two. Now here it's not Eide Kiyum, it's Eide Birur, right? When we say you need two, right? It's an interesting point. There's two very different meanings. One is, in the act of Kiddushin and Gitin, it does not take place without the presence of two witnesses. It's like it didn't happen. The other is, in other issues of proving things, like in, this is exactly it. Eid is believed the Isurin, to talk about the status of a piece of meat, but if you have a question about somebody's marital status, or somebody committed adultery, or somebody a slave, or not a slave, or issues like that, just to prove it, the threshold of proof is two witnesses. So it's both things. You always need two witnesses, whether to make it happen and as the level of proof. So that's what Rava says. Very reasonable. How is Abayi any different? So Tosa says, Abayi and Rava are exactly arguing about the point we raised earlier. Abayi thinks silence is admission, and therefore, if the guy said my wife committed adultery, he'd be bound by it, and he'd divorce her with Aksuva. Rava says your silence is not admission. It's only the question about the, the believability of the Eid Echad in the absence of opposition. So in the absence of opposition, an Eid Echad might be 
believed about Tumon and about Korban, but he's not believed about a woman's personal status. Okay, that's Davish Erva, and therefore, you, you, if, you need, if you're dealing with external and objective testimony, you need two witnesses. Alright? So that's a very nice way of explaining the debate. Everybody agrees personal status issues require two witnesses, even to prove them, but Abai says the silence is an admission, and therefore he has to divorce his wife and pay the Ksuva, and Rava says it's about not the silence, it's about the witness, an unopposed witness, but if it's only a single witness, that's meaningless in a Davish Erva case. Okay, and now we're going to try to do that. Yes, Jenna. So it's not that Abai is saying he becomes a second witness or something like Correct. that. Correct. Right? He cannot be a witness. It's an unopposed single witness. Because he admits that his wife well, is Right. He, if your silence is that you're saying that your wife committed adultery, you're admitting it, and then it doesn't... It, as far as the courts are concerned, that doesn't mean anything. But as far as you're concerned, if you're saying it, you're bound by it. Okay? But if, according to Abai, it's his own admission, and Rava says, no, it's the testimony of the aid, and the testimony of the aid is, is worthless so in this case. He does not have to divorce. Correct. Correct. Okay. Where do I know this? Get this idea from that an unop- that a silence with an edechad works even for like these personal status issues. Do samya great little story here. To having this or great anyway. There was a blind person man who was the one who would like arrange the Mishnah, meaning he would, you know, be like the person who had memorized all the Tanaitic material and he would be presenting them in the yeshiva like he would, you know, be Shmuel's assistant. And Shmuel would say, you know, pay a Mishnah Gimel, you know, Perak Gimel, Mishnah Gimel. And he, <laughs> not exactly, right? He was a Tana. Not exactly like that. That's not, they didn't have it sort of organized that way. But anyway, okay, so he was the one that had it all memorized, okay? And that was his job. Uh, now, Yomachad Nagala, the Lohavikasi, one day he was running late and Shmuel wanted to start the shear, and the, uh, this guy wasn't there yet. He needed the guy. So, so he sent some messenger to go fetch for the guy. The shaliach was going to this guy's house. He was taking one path. The other guy had already been on his way, and he came to the yeshiva. They didn't bump into each other. He went on a different path. So the guy came to the yeshiva, and Shmuel gave his shear. Fine, wonderful. Now, then the shaliach returned. Amar, he said, you know what happened? When I was there, he shows zimsa. I came to the guy's house. He wasn't a, he wasn't around, and his wife was was was, was sleeping with someone. So I'm <laughs> coming to Shmuel. Now he came to Shmuel. Now this is a great case because this clearly the silence isn't like an admission because the guy wasn't there, right? Clearly, you know, clearly it's not an admission. So he said to Shmuel, "Do I have to believe him?" So clearly it's just the weight of an aid that's going unopposed without the without like the silence being an admission. So Amr lay. So he said to him, if you trust this guy, then you have to divorce her. The Lolo tape and if no, don't, you don't divorce her. So my love, what does it mean if you trust this guy? Must mean, if you know that he's not a goslin, meaning you know that there's nothing that, you know, that should make you think that he's a liar. So he has the normal weight of an Eid Echad. So an unopposed Eid Echad would be believed. Okay, now this, by the way, this is a by saying, this is why I know that an unopposed Eid Echad would be believed. By the way, this is even in case without the implicit admission of the guy, of the husband, right? The husband clearly doesn't know. He was, he was away. And nevertheless, what uh, now it's the, Abai is saying, uh, different than the way Tosos framed it earlier, that an unopposed Eidechad would be believed and he'd be forced to divorce his wife. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. He doesn't say if this one guy was a Shomer Shabbos. 
if he was a shomer mitzvah. Well, everybody, that was the context. Everybody no, was there. Yeah, okay. Well, but still, he's not a godfather. Right. That's well, that would be the standard reason. In a, you know, anyway, the Rava, Rava said, no, no, that's not what it meant in that case. He meant, he meant, no, no, no. If he's just a random guy saying it, then you don't have to take it. Taste it, take it. But if you basically trust this guy as much as you would trust two witnesses, like I have implicit trust in this guy, everything he says is like ironclad. I know that he would never tell some, you know, lie. If it's a special case, then you should go ahead and act on it and divorce her. Mm-hmm. Presumably, though, he'd still have to give the ksuva because there's no objective testimony. The lolo tifka, but if not, don't divorce her. Yes? That also could be part of the motivation. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yikes. What might be his ulterior motives? Okay, anyway, but here you see it was clarified that according to Abaye, it's not because silence is admission. Abaye is willing to say that an unopposed Eid Echad actually would mean that the, you know, that again, couldn't prove that the woman did it, but would require the man to divorce his wife. Very sort of, you know, uh, surprising, especially with the idea of Dava Sheba Erva. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this, Now Abayi's going to try to have another proof. And now we're going to have a fascinating story. Tanya, we had taught in the Baisa. And this whole big passage is going to be a little historical story, which actually has a parallel in Josephus. And uh, you'll see, it's probably going to be one of the biggest passages of Hebrew that we're going to read, you know, in a Gemara. So let's take a look. Um, it's analyzed by historians. Let's take a look. The time we turn the brace up. Story with King Yanai, right? One of the Hasmonean kings. Shalach with Kochalit. He went to this region called Kochalit, in the wilderness. He conquered 60 cities. Obviously, that's an exaggeration. Okay, anyway. Anyway, he had a lot of military success. And when he returned, he was very joyous. And he called all the sages. You know, when they built the Beit HaMikdash, they were very poor, and they had to eat, like, salty fish, you know, that was like a food of poor people, herring, let us, it's bizarre, like, you know, let us remember that, so Rashi sort of says, it's sort of like, you know, let's remember how, you know, how bad off we were, and now look at how successful we are, you know, we've, uh, we've conquered all these, this land, right, because that was, in the time of the Hashmonayim, you know, they had really had self-dominion, and they had a lot of, you know, they had a, this military success so they went there and they had this special feast to celebrate in, with the whatever in this context it was an interesting contrast right they had these golden tables and they had like herring and pumpernickel okay <laughs> and they ate you see it's like very interesting like it's almost it clearly it's like a, a literary uh, you know a, a language that you normally don't get in a bright uh, right late excuse me they, there was one person who was like a mocker, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, evil, you know, rebellious, um, you know, schemer, ben Poira, and his name was ben It's almost written like scripture, right? etc. He said to Yanai, The Pharisees, uh, you know, they're against you. They don't support you. Okay, that was the Chachamim, the Pharisees. So he says, Uma so the king said, what, what can I do to see if that's true or not? So he said to him, Make them stand, it's a, is a funny phrase, but Raji says it means, make, make them stand up where it sits, the, 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 you know, the, the tzitz of the Kohen Gadol, and make them stand up in your presence. Because the 
Kohanim were also, you know, Kohanim. Okay? Uh, there's a whole interesting debate of Rashi and Tosos. Is the Kohen Gadol allowed to wear the tzitz outside of the base on Nikstash? Um, Rashi says, you know, if you might remember the earlier Gemara, that you can wear Big Tekun out of the base on Nikstash because you know, uh, you know, Natar Malachi Asharis. You can't demand that they strip immediately. So Tosos says, fine, but that doesn't mean, that means like you give them a little bit of time after they finish their avoda. It doesn't mean like Stam, out of the base on Nikstash, you can wear your Big Day Kahuna. So Tosos says, well, maybe the tzitz is different because by the tzitz it says, the Haya Tamid. It will always be on his forehead. So maybe there's like a special allowance to always wear the tzitz outside of the base hamikdash. Okay? Not like anybody was asking the halachic question here. Anyway, so this guy said, Yanai, wear a tzitz. Okay? And let's see what happens. Um, it also sort of like reminds you about like that whole story by the destruction of the base hamikdash, right? Where this guy is scheming and he tells the Roman government, send them this and let's see what they do. Okay, so anyway, wear this tzitz. Um... Well, she says the Maluki was, you know, kimchi. It was like, uh, we are not coat. Not oh, okay, not fish? Okay, fine. All right, anyway, uh, where were we? Um, okay, how came Lambert to be Ibeninav? So he put on the tzitz. Now, there was one elder there. And his name was Yudah ben Gedidiah. He said to the king, King Yanai, you know what? The crown of King is, is sufficient for you. Leave the uh, crown of Kahuna for the descendants of Aaron. Not very politically astute, this guy. Okay, <laughs> now why did he say that? The Chasmonayim were Kohanim. And here's why he said it. Because people, there was a rumor that Imon Nishbeis the Modim, that his mother had been taken captive in Modim, and that would have made, meant that his mother would have been puzzle for her husband, the Kohen, and the child would have been, meaning Yanai would have been a Halal. Okay? So there was that rumor. So that's why he was saying, you're not entitled. But the thing is, the matter had been investigated and had not been proven, so he should have shut up. Okay? But nevertheless, he was sort of being influenced by the rumors and being very stupid. And the sages of Israel sort of separated. Now, Rashi's separated from who? From him or whatever. Rashi says it means basically they were like driven out of that feast, you know, under the king's displeasure and anger. Maybe because they were silent and they did not come to defend Yanai. Okay, and this guy was one of the sages and everybody else was complicit or at least was not willing to do anything to, to stand up to him. So this Elazar said to Yanai, if he was a layman, that would be a pro- like, uh, you know, if he had just maybe insulted a layman, this would be sufficient. Uh, you are a king and the high priest. Is this the law that should apply to you, that this guy gets off with, with nothing? Now, what's exactly happening here? Because then it doesn't continue to discuss the punishment of the guy, so what's exactly happening? So, in the parallel story in Josephus, this, by the way, although all these English translations are wonderful, well, whatever, I have my whole critique of art scroll, but anyway, the point of view, you, people should never forget the value of Francino, because maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, I didn't check whether uh, Steinsdorf has it, but Francino is very good in passages like this about thinking in the scholarly background about it. Anyway, so he points out that in Josephus, the parallel story is, is that they get, the, actually the 
sages did do something to this guy. They said he was Motsi Shemra and they gave him lashes. But this Elazar said to Yanai, that's all they did is they gave him lashes? I mean, he offended a king. So the fact that they didn't do something more severe shows that they're really complicit and they really don't object to what he said. Okay, so that's sort of the missing piece of this puzzle. Anyway, so Uma Eser, so then Yanai said to this guy, what should I do? So he said, so this Elazar said, if you listen to my advice, Rome saying, trample them, destroy them, wipe out the sages. So then Yanai said, the Torah, Mateh but what will be with the Torah? So he said back, what do you mean? It's right there, it's wrapped up, it's in its scroll. I mean, it's, the Torah's still there, right? You still have the Torah scroll, so you just kill off the sages. Big deal, we still have Torah. So, so the Quran says, um, I'm a Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, so Miyad Nizukabo Apikorsis. So a Apikorsis was sort of infected Yanai. Why was the Apikorsis? The Havali Lumeymar came because he was silent and he should have responded. He should have said, Okay, the written Torah we still have. But But who's going to give us the oral traditions? Like, that's clearly, I mean, the written Torah is not enough. So, and he was silent. He accepted that. Oh, well, we still have the written Torah. By the way, a parenthetical note about the word apikarsis, that normally we say it means heresy, which could fit here, like it's as if denying the Torah Shabbat Peh, but apikarsis in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, where it says an apikarsis of the says, what's an apikaris? And it basically says, somebody who's mevazet hamidei chachamim. So apikarsis has also a specific meaning of not sort of, you know, revering or appreciating the weight of the sages and their authority and their tradition and so on so you know that's the point here it's like he was totally dismissive of anything that the sages had to had to contribute he said as if it's all just as if it's all just a written law okay it doesn't mean therefore what you're thinking it means right in, right I mean right I mean in the Rambam it becomes a much broader term for heresy but in the Gemara not real not necessarily okay so anyway the Gemara says Miyad so okay, Miyad. So Yan, I listened to this guy, and Vatutsat Sara'a obviously there's some, you know, again some whole literary thing going on here like a little rhyming anyway so the evil sprout forth through this guy and all the sages were, were, were murdered um, and the world was desolate without Torah until Shimon ben Shetach came he was hidden because uh, I think he was the brother of Yanai's wife he hid him away and he returned the Torah to its former glory by the way, what does it mean? It could just mean he was a great sage, but some also connect him to the story of the guy who, uh, there's a question about who, I think of who was, the, uh, he was one of the people that's attributed to reestablishing primary education, to like, you know, like the primary, like the schools, like basically ensuring that all, all kids of a young age would be educated and so on. Um, so, you know, that's interesting and it gets to this whole question about, you know, who owns the Torah? Is it all in the written? Is it all in the sages? Do you try to educate the masses? So it's like would interesting to hold up that story which is not for us now about that uh, establishing of primary education you know together with this issue about destroy, you know what's happened when the Torah is wiped out or, you know when the sages are wiped out anyway the Gemara says okay that, that was a great story what does it have to do with us so the Gemara says hey Chidami what was the evidence that his wife his mother had been taken captive 
two witnesses said, and, and what was the way in which that was you know disproven because it says it was investigated and there wasn't anything to the rumor so what was that story if initially two witnesses had said she was taken captive and then two said not so so then they should basically neutralize one another and the way Rashi says it is that it's not so clear from the Gemara but Rashi says that actually we would be left with a question about Yanai's status why why wouldn't the two just neutralize one another because then it becomes this very interesting question about the you know normally we would say you give everybody their chazaka so Rashi says here's what we would say two say she was taken captive two say she wasn't the mother in terms of her personal status she had a cheskas kashras so she would be assumed to be okay but the child who never had a cheskas kashras now maybe if the case had started with the mother we'd say the child was okay but the mother wasn't here it wasn't a case about the mother it was a case about the child and therefore the child right you, you got it because you know it's a child we're trying to figure out the status of the mother but the case we're dealing with is the case of the child and then the so it's besuffic Two say this, two say that. The child's halachic status is the stuff. Like, that's the way Rashi says it. It's a big, big question because obviously our intuition would be two against two, it neutralizes your, you, you have nothing. Okay? But anyway, let's just keep on reading. The Gemara assumes if it's two against two, he would not have been, it would not have been dismissed. It must be it was one. And it was like one against one and therefore the case was dismissed. The time of the Kamachile, betray, or maybe two were against one witness. Okay? And that's why it was dismissed. This rumor about Yanai. Halavachi, but had there not been counter evidence, Mehemin, the one witness would have been believed. So all of this is to prove then what witness is believed in Davashabairva. Now notice it's a big difference. It's not telling a guy your wife committed adultery where he now has to divorce his wife and all these other types of things. It's about a personal status, but maybe it is. This woman is a Shuyad, now the Kohen her husband would have to divorce her. Okay? So it's an Eidachad, not not who's not contradicted, there's no admission of the husband, but just a non-contradicted Eid Echad, and Abayi saying, it seems like he would be believed. So let's see what Rava says back, and we'll end with that. The Gemara says like this, Rava would say, no, Olam Trevetrei, it was two against true, so why was it completely dismissed? At least there should be a suffix. Like Ravachabar Miyomi says in another case, the second two just didn't testify to a different story. They said to the first two, you couldn't have seen it, you were with us that day on a different place. So when the second two say to the first two, you couldn't have seen it, we completely throw out the first two. That's why, but if it, you didn't start with two, it wouldn't have gotten off the ground. You started with two, it got off the ground, and then it was dismissed. The Ebay same, or if you want, you could say, to Rabbi Yitzchak, like Rabbi Yitzchak explains that case. No, here's what happened. First two said, we saw Yanai's mother taken captive. And the other two said, yeah, she was taken captive, but you weren't there for the end of the story. You know what then happened? People sneaked, so like sneaked in and swapped her for, for a maidservant. So the captives thought they had Yanai's mother, but we then saved Yanai's mother. So they're not contradicting, they're just telling part two of the story, and now we know that it wasn't a problem. But you're left with this debate of Abai and Rava, where Abai says a pretty crazy thing. I mean, we said that you need two witnesses to make it happen. What we are debating now is, when we're just trying to prove if something happened, but it's an issue of personal status, 
right? Do you need two witnesses or does one unopposed witness enough? And the Rabbi is saying one unopposed witness is enough, which would be disastrous if you think about the consequences. And in the end, of course, we're going to go like Rava, that in Darashab Erva, whether to make it happen or whether to prove that it happened, you need two witnesses. One, even an unopposed one, would not suffice. But we'll continue with this tomorrow. And we remain behind to have an omelet. Just after all these cases, yeah. the chaylev and the tuma and the animal and all that, yep. so where's the luggage? <laughs> exactly. The luggage got lost. All right. Yes, our next summit should go very fast. Hopefully, we'll catch up tomorrow. I don't know. Got to got to got to got to start on time. Something you said here about the validity of the, what happened with the husband and being king and uh, yeah. Is there anything under you know in between the lines here about that? Oh, in general, about combining the two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what the Ramban says. The Ramban says oh. that the big, the reason the rabbis didn't really acknowledge Hanukkah and the Mishnayot were because they were very critical of the combination of the Kahuna and the um, and the kingship. Who didn't acknowledge it? The, the, it's not in, Hanukkah barely appears in the Mishnah. Uh-huh. It only appears in the Gemara. Uh-huh. It used to be a T-shirt. If it didn't, if it's not, on, it was, if it's yeah. not on film, it never happened. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, this also has witnesses were created. It has Eva as created. Okay. And what does it say here about, uh, what do you call it? About, uh, does he bring in Josephus? So this actually happened. I mean, this is a story of Josephus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is unfortunate. I mean, yeah, like this does not have the story about Shimon ben Shetach establishing the educational system, which is obviously very important. Yeah, and it doesn't have the filling in the blanks from Josephus. That's a sad thing that, you know, you think that Steinfeld is so academic, but it's, it's, it's only in a certain way. Like, it doesn't really tap into whole, the whole, you know, Talmudic, uh, academic Talmud sort of world, which is funny. Yeah. Right, more about the historical... Historical, uh, archaeological, yeah, right. Yeah.